B-Pod Studios. Jimmy! Jimmy, who doesn't love Jimmy? I can't stand him. Yeah, you know what? Your phone's never right, Jay Stu. What you need to do is stick to to wrestling. wrestling. Stick to wrestling with James Stewart. This week, Stick to Wrestling is presented by FanDuel and by WWE NXT Battleground coming to Lowell, Massachusetts this Sunday, May 28th. You can get your tickets right now at songiscenter.com. This week, it is my honor to be joined by the chief meteorologist at Boston Fox, member of the Kowloon crew, and star of Friday Nights on Fox during WWE SmackDown. It is the great Kevin Lemanowitz. How are you, Kevin? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, Jimmy, I, that's much more than I deserve, but thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. I We met at the 2011 Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and I was there with my dad, and I think it stands as the last show I went to with my dad. And he goes, I'm a row behind you. And he goes, hey, I think that's Kevin Lemanowitz. And I go, yeah, I think you're right. And you turn around and you go, hey, you're big game, James. And, of course, that was my nickname uh, when I was producing Dale and Holly. That's right. So you're an OG because like I people are really nice and they go, Oh, hey, you're Jimmy from 98.5. When I get a big game James out of somebody, I know <laughs> that they're a true fan. Is that is that how you remember the story, Kevin? I do. I had the whole family with me if I remember correctly. Yep, that's right. Now it now was that the one, Alberto Del Rio one? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. That was- that was the 40-man uh, Booker T made the comeback. Kevin Nash's yes. Diesel made the comeback. And uh, Alberto Del Rio had the match won. And then Santino Morella wasn't eliminated. Got right. back in the ring and then was eliminated. And Del Rio won the 40-man Rumble. Well, yeah, I remember I remember being kind of ticked at you and your crew because you were talking about the people, the secret people who were going to show up. And I heard you guys talking about Nash. I was like, oh, come on. I wanted to be surprised. <laughs> and, and you guys are... Giving it all up already. It it's it's so so my 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 civilian friend Amir, he always gets frustrated watching wrestling shows with me because I'll casually like say what's coming next and I don't mean to and I don't necessarily know anything. Well sometimes I do, but most of the time <laughs> I it, it it depends on the situation. But I've just I've been a fan for I'm forty two now, I've been a fan for thirty five ish years. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know when the circus is gonna do the 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 lion tamer thing and it's going to do this. And sometimes you just know the, uh, the greatest call out of all time. And my mom will, uh, my mom will giggle when she hears me tell this story on the air. But remember when Hulk Hogan turned in 96, he came out with the bash at the beach. Oh yeah. Of course. Pay-per-view. Yep. My mom casually goes, Hogan's a bad guy now and takes a puffer for a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, Bobby, the brain, he said he was a bad guy since the day he started. Didn't he always say he was a heel? Yeah, Bobby Heenan had the great, like, but whose side is he on? And yes. Dusty Rhodes is like, what? Because Dusty <laughs> probably knew. So it's like, why don't sure. spoil it? So, uh, Kevin, I got to ask, like, your wrestling fandom, when did when did you start becoming a wrestling fan? I'm only about 10 years ahead of you. But when you said uh, 42 and but for 35 years, I'm 53 and probably for about the same age, six, seven years old, that I can remember uh, watching my grandfather was big fan, and this is, of course, before cable uh, was widespread. But he had cable in his town, and my town didn't. So I would routinely sleep over his house on Saturday night because at midnight on Saturday, they had on uh, Channel 9 out of New York, 
They had WWF at the time wrestling, but it was always a week ahead of what we would see on, say, Channel 27 from Worcester here or any of the local stations that would have it. I grew up in northeastern Connecticut, so I was able to see the Worcester stations, the Boston stations, the Providence stations, and the Connecticut stations. Oh, my gosh. Uh, be- you know, until before cable made you see what they wanted you to see. You had some rabbit ears, and anyone that had the right signal going your way, you could watch. And uh, I would I'd sleep at his house to watch that. I'd always watch the Saturday morning shows, of course. And they took me all the time, Jim. Uh, one of the places that we most famously went was a place called Jack Witchkey Sports Arena. And that was in Attleboro. And since burned down, it's over by where that big Emerald Square Mall is now. Um, and we would go. They'd have wrestling practically every Friday night. And one of my first, is it okay to break kayfabe here? Yeah, by all means. You do your thing, <laughs> Kevin. We just so, got to get off before the Celtics tip off because we're taping no on problem. Uh, Tuesday no night. Problem. Uh, when I first realized as a kid that, oh, there's, they are they doing this for real? Was when <laughs> I, I saw Greg the Hammer Valentine put... Chief J. Strongbow in a figure four leg lock at Witchkey's, and he got carted out on a stretcher. And a couple weeks later, that same exact match happened on TV, but he had a broken leg. He was going to be out for a while. And that's what I, the first time that I realized, oh, maybe they're, they're not, I, I don't want to call, of course, we never say the F word uh, when we talk about professional wrestling. But that this is choreographed. Yes. Yes. And that's, um, that was the first time I remember seeing that. But gosh, I saw all the big names there. I used to jump up on the apron back in the day. You could bring your autograph book and jump up on the apron and have. I, I literally had a book with Hulk Hogan, Quick Draw Rick McGraw, Dominic DiNucci, all those old timers. And there was a, a, a man I worked for in high school who had a, a stepson uh, who had uh, disabilities. And he loved that book. He loved reading it and, and going through it. So I just gave it to him at, at one point, but I had all those old time autographs because you could do that back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the time it was either Jack Wischke's and, and I'll stop talking in a second or the Worcester Memorial Auditorium uh, was another place I'd go to all the time to see matches. Um, and, you know, you could stand there and watch the wrestlers come in. That's where I met Andre the Giant and he put his hand on my head and covered my whole face um, and many of the other wrestlers who would come on through and, those are some great memories from when I was a child. So when people say to me, ah, you're a grown man watching wrestling, what's going on? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it's entertaining still. But it, it brings back a lot of great memories of, of my grandfather, my father, my uncle, uh, all of them who would take me to the shows. So I'm a third generation wrestling fan and my daughter projects to be a fourth generation wrestling fan. So Excellent. well it- done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to get there. The, there's only there's only three that she likes. Uh so far, but we're, we're, we're progressing forward with her. Um, but it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's supposed to be family entertainment. It grew up mm-hmm. that way. And then the attitude error kind of changed a few things. And oh, sure did. now we're kind of like in this weird, depending on which product you watch, you know, whether it's blood and guts, AEW or whether it's kind of like PG, except for Brock Lesnar can draw <laughs> blood, you know, the different rules for different guys. But, um, I, I, I asked the, the setup for your wrestling history because, uh, superstar Billy Graham passed away yes. and superstar Billy Graham was so important. He was kind of like if Buddy Rogers was to the 1950s, what sports entertainment is now superstar Billy Graham was really that first mainstream, um, 
maybe maybe Buddy Rogers was first, and then Billy Graham came along, and he was the guy who was flexing his muscles, sure. and he was more about the presentation, the entertainment aspect with the promos and everything like that. And you live that. That's got to be one of your earlier childhood memories is of superstar Billy Graham as the world champion mm-hmm. working for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. So what are your, th- yeah. what are your memories of Billy Graham? Well, of course, as a child, it was always Bruno San Martino was the champion, perpetually. And when Billy won the title from him, I think it happened in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, and they showed the the footage of it the following week on the Saturday morning shows. So, you know, back then there's no internet. You don't know that he lost the title until a It was week Baltimore, later. by the way. It was Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, okay. Uh, you don't know until a week later, you know, when they showed on TV or say something on TV or you buy a wrestling magazine that something like that happened. So the next week they showed the footage of him beating Bruno and just it's something you never expect to see. Of course, I, I don't remember Ivan Koloff beating him. They, they talk about you could hear a pin drop at MSG yep. and Bruno lost. I think that was in the early 70s, though. So I was still I was born in 69, so I wouldn't have remembered that. I'm sure uh, Sean Grandy claims he was there. <laughs> even though he wasn't born yet <laughs> it's uh it, but you're right when superstar won that you know i didn't get the whole superstar i was too young to really get it my grandfather being the gruff old man he was hated superstar billy graham but uh grandpa rest his soul went to his grave not not ever once conceding that wrestling might be choreographed or scripted um so he he took everything personally he got so mad and Billy Graham just ticked him off. He didn't like this guy flexing in these flamboyant shirts and tie-dye. What's he doing? Talking with rhymes like Muhammad Ali. What's going on with this guy? But he was it, man. Jim, you hit it right on the head. It, without him, do you have Hulk Hogan? Do you have Jesse the Body Ventura? Uh, these prototypes. Or he was a prototype for these guys that came after him. And uh, something you said to me really struck me earlier when you and I were texting would would wrestling look like it does now? Would Vince McMahon have been able to do what he did with Hulk Hogan if there was no superstar Billy Graham? We'll never know, but it's it's a really cool question to try to think about. Yeah, you think about Jesse Ventura. Jesse the body Ventura mm-hmm. fell in love with wrestling because of Billy Graham. Hulk Hogan fell in love with wrestling because of superstar Billy Graham. Dusty Rhodes changed his presentation mm-hmm. and had that great series of matches in the in Madison Square Garden with right. Superstar Billy Graham. Does Vince McMahon Jr., who would later go on to buy the company, does that impact his vision for sports entertainment? Uh, What pro wrestling became Mm -hmm. and was going to evolve and become, where it was more about, we're going to talk him into the building and we're going to do it with these over-the-top promos, like Rowdy Piper, all all of it. Because at the end of the day, what wrestling is now is it's still about the story. Mm -hmm. And what happens between the ropes, it has to be, Believable, credible, entertaining, but it's the promo, it's the story that always draws them in. And Billy Graham, like I wasn't born until 81 and didn't get into wrestling until WrestleMania 3, but the Billy Graham promo, the Billy Graham draw them in, oh, I could beat this guy up, but you couldn't. Right. (laughs) Right. That was the thing about Billy Graham. You couldn't beat him up. And think about the, the promos. How, how important promos are now. And and before him, I'm sure there were guys who talked, but did they talk like him? No, no. way. Although, you know, I'm too sweet to be sour. And, and the, the little lines he would throw out there and how he would talk about how he would shave all the hair off of his body. 
so he could flex and all the ladies would love it. You didn't hear that stuff before, Billy Graham. Now it's commonplace to hear promos like that uh, from these superstars. But without him, it's it's very interesting to think what would have what wrestling would look like today. Yeah, it'd just be a totally different thing because, mm-hmm. like you know, Bruno. That was the second time Bruno got beat for the championship, and right. then it goes to Bob Backlund, who's the all time who held the belt for six years um, consecutively, and they're just very different champions. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Bob, tremendous wrestler, um, lives in um, Connecticut, has the energy company now, um, but then he drops it to the Sheik, who then drops it to Hogan who then it goes back to we're entertainers. We're trying to grow the brand. Right. We're trying to reach more people. We're trying to do crossovers. But that's um, where Junior has taken over. Yep. You know, senior, Vince Senior wanted Bob Backlund, that kind of a champion. He was very much a, a baby-faced champion guy. And it wasn't until Vince Jr. came in, Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon came in. Vincent and, Kennedy McMahon. And saw, <laughs> saw the value in, a, in the entertainment part of it that, it changed everything. And he, he clearly, an impression had to have been made on him by superstar Billy Graham when he was watching it. And, and he was the announcer back then, remember? Yeah. Uh, Kennedy was the, the announcer back then uh, and interviewing superstar during those promos. Uh, so later on, when it was his turn to take over and lo- try to go national and launch WrestleMania, he clearly harkened back to that when he, when he decided Hogan was going to be the guy. Yeah, and Hogan was the right guy because he was coming off the Rocky mover, movie that mm-hmm. Vince McMahon Sr. didn't want him to do. Right. Which we look back at that. It's like, why wouldn't you want him to be part of something that's going to reach more of an audience? It's going to connect mm-hmm. more people, get more people emotionally involved. Because when Hogan worked Andre the first time, the Forgotten Years. Did you remember that? To, I was going to ask you that because I remember. No, I didn't. I, I started watching. My first show was... Um, WrestleMania three, my mom and dad took me to the Walter Brown arena, which is the old BU hockey rink. And we watched on closed circuit. Wow. Um, and that was the, that's, that's the wild story. It's like, Oh, WrestleMania three. Well, that was the first show that I got exposed to. And then I became a fan. Like I didn't know the background of anything. I'm just watching this thing and the action with steamboat and Savage. And I don't remember it clearly, but I was into it and you know, it spiraled into, you know, 35 years later. Right. Which, (laughs) Who could have thought that? But as I grew up and I started being interested in the history and they used to have um, Comcast used to have a video on demand of like these classic matches. So you go through like the history of the Hogan Andre story and their main eventing Shea stadium in 1980. Yeah. And Hogan's the bad guy. I had no idea that Hogan was ever a bad guy. Oh yeah. With classy, pretty classy as his manager. Yep, and and the Andre Andre was a good guy. I had only known Andre as being with Bobby Heenan. Oh, they're blowing and my mind right now, man. So yeah, but that that's when I started. Like Andre's a bad guy, and he's seven. He's a giant, and he needs to choke people out. Like that's a he doesn't need he. Like I'm thinking all these things. Right. You know, probably not at that age, but like looking back, like like why does this guy and John Studd was a good guy. He had won the the Rumble in '89. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a feud with Andre and Jake the Snake has a snake and he's kind of like WrestleMania five. He's going to have Andre in the ropes and cheat and use the snake. But like Andre's the they're they're like logic holes all over the place. But like I didn't know that Hogan was a bad guy before. I didn't know that Andre was a good guy before until I kind of grew up and dug more into wrestling history. And it's 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 just like the total change in character where it's 
mm-hmm. fabulous Hulk Hogan, something like that, with classy Freddie Blassie, and now it's the real American Hulk Hogan. And then well, Hogan turns villain again. Incredible Hulk Hogan. Incredible Hulk Hogan, yep. And, uh, you know, obviously playing off of the, the comic book character, uh, the superhero. But, um, you know, I got to tell you, before Hogan's shocking turn in '96. The most shocking turn to me was Andre the Giant ripping that cross off Hogan's neck and be, aligning with Bobby Heenan because opposite of you, up until my whole life, Andre the Giant was the good guy. Always the good guy. And you never expected Andre to become a bad guy like that. Yeah, he was he was the lovable giant where right. you know he's doing all these interviews and you'd see him once or twice a year at the Boston Garden and you do the Battle Royal thing and you know, he'd go about his business or, you know, he'd, he'd be more of a special attraction. Yeah. But that that's the evolution of wrestling. And it was different because at the time you didn't have, like, if I'm jumping in at WrestleMania 3, I don't have the ability to go back and watch tape because they were still doing those Coliseum videos. So yes. <laughs> you'd only be able to see what they'd let you see. And that Shea Stadium match wasn't available. Uh, Backlund and Morales beating the Wild Samoans for the tag belts wasn't available at the time. Right. It later became available, and I've since watched that Shea Stadium show, but like that that wasn't the norm where you could just click right. two buttons. Yeah. You know, you had to wait for the tape if it was available. But Amazing. speaking of speaking backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. <laughs> Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. The Wild Samoans, the bloodline. Yes, uh, we're talking because you're the star of Friday nights now when WWE runs SmackDown. <laughs> um, I just love saying that because it's 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 funny because you tie in your weather reports on Fox Boston. Yeah, I try to find some have like a wrestling that's going on in the show to tie into yep. the little promos we do. Also proving that it's live. It definitely is. No doubt about it. <laughs> but uh, the Wild Samoans, who Roman Reigns claims is the greatest tag team of all time. And uh, Night of Champions is this weekend. It's on uh, the Peacock Network. Mm-hmm. And the Bloodline storyline is the best thing going in wrestling right now. And it has hearkened to Roman Reigns and Solo now challenging Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn for the Tag Team Championships. And Roman Reigns, in front of the Usos, <laughs> is saying that the Wild Samoans are the greatest tag team. So, right. Kevin, uh, what do you think of this Bloodline storyline? What do you think of Roman and the whole Shabil. This is old school at its best. I mean, years of buildup, uh, of telling a story long term. You just don't see that anymore. Uh, that kind of commitment from the WWE and from the characters. Uh, title changes when I was a kid were rare. You know, they th- titles were held for 12 months, 15 months. And in case of Bob Backlund or Bruno Sammartino, as you brought up, years they would hold the title without losing. Uh, so now they, it, it became more, you know, titles are lost and dropped all the time and change hands all the time, even on television, which never happened back then. Now you have a, a storyline where almost a thousand days, has he hit a thousand yet? It'll Roman? be a thousand days on Saturday where Roman Reigns will have been the 
undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Well, I, I got to tell you, th- this story has kept my attention forever. I mean, all the ups and downs. You know, Sami Zayn has become a mega star out of this. Who would have thought that? I mean, that was probably just a throw-in at some point by writing just to try to add a one-off show or maybe two shows, and he became the star of it. That's exactly how it happened. It, and now, now we've got a an incredible story where he's got the dissension happening with his own bloodline brought out by Sammy and KO. I, I, I really think that something is going to happen between he, he and Solo at this show. Uh, it could be as simple as Roman eating the, the pin, which wouldn't affect his championship, but would be his first pin fall. Gosh, I think was it was December uh, of 2019th against Baron Corbin. Baron was the Corbin. Last yes. Time yes. Pin, was pinned. And that that would certainly, you know, you know, he would take that out on on solo in some way. Uh, this, I mean, to continue the storyline, that's a dissension. I feel like something's got to happen between them. I guess that's pretty simplistic storytelling on my part, but uh, you got to keep that going. And boy, what's the payoff at the end is the question. Do they still go the Cody Rhodes way with Roman? I I think that's even up in the air at this point, just because of how things have transpired over recent weeks. Uh, the the tag team championship. I can't believe KO and Sammy are going to have that long term. So the Usos getting that back. There's so many ways it can go. And as a wrestling fan, that's what keeps you engrossed, not being able to guess what the next thing is. Uh, even you know, getting away from the bloodline, even with Cody and Brock after this past Raw. Now what happens? He can't possibly beat Lesnar with a broken arm. So is he just going to get squashed? Who knows? We we don't know. And that's what really makes it such an interesting time right now with the, the writing that they're doing and what Triple H has done with uh, with the product. So I kind of think that either Roman has to win the tag belts. Mm-hmm. And so now Paul Heyman has to carry out like six belts, which <laughs> would be hysterical uh-huh. as far as I'm concerned. But short of Roman winning the tag team titles, uh, Paul Heyman said after, this is the big thing that I always go back to, is Paul Heyman said after WrestleMania this year that they're only in the third inning of this nine-inning bloodline yes. storyline, yes. which is like, what's coming next? And now it's, I didn't know that I needed Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn uh, and Kevin Owens for the tag belts, but now I have it. And so short of Roman just winning the titles and having all the championships held hostage, like it would make sense to me that Sami Zayn gets a pinfall victory over Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then that sets up a Sami Zayn rematch at Money in the Bank in London, at SummerSlam later. Yeah. Um, I think it's in Detroit this year. That That's what kind of needs to progress forward is like, oh, Sami got him. Sami finally mm-hmm. got him. He didn't get the belt. He didn't get the championships, but he got him on a fall. So maybe the next time, because I, I think there are a lot of people who look at that Montreal show and they go, that was the opportunity. And then they right. looked at Los Angeles like that was the opportunity for Cody to beat Roman Reigns. And now we're past that and we're going to be past the thousand days. And so what's the next story? Well, Sammy's still white hot. Sammy's still drawing ratings. Ratings. He's still selling merchandise. So how do you continue that part of the story? And it seems like Sammy and Kevin defeating Owen, um, defeating Roman and Solo kind of makes sense. And it gets Sammy a win without losing the thousand day streak of Roman Reigns. And I kind of, I think that's the direction that they're going. I don't know, but that would make sense going forward with the story because Roman needs challengers. 
right? right. Roman needs challengers, and yeah. and they don't want to go back to Cody right away. So right. Who, so Sammy makes absolute sense. I'm totally with you on that. Uh, and by the way, I I know you say uh, Paul said it's only a third inning, but there is a pitch clock now. The next six innings <laughs> could go much faster. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and so with the Cody situation, um, Cody versus Brock is a feud that I didn't know that I needed. Mm-hmm. But Cody losing. See, I I'm a Roman Reigns fan. I love Roman. Um, so like when Cody won, I went on the air on the WrestleMania post show on the station and I was like, yup, Roman won, like eat it, Cody, <laughs> you know? And I was, I was in celebratory mode because mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons, uh, but one of the main ones is Cody's path to WrestleMania and Cody's path to potentially winning in Los Angeles seemed like he comes out at number 30 in the rumble and you know, he, he goes through the story with Seth Rollins and then he gets hurt and you fast forward, he comes in at 30 at the rumble and he's just kind of like, with the exception of solo the week before WrestleMania, he's a little tomato can ish mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, competition to go through. And then he has the great match with Roman. But like, if he wins that there, he's had kind of a cleanish path to the championship. And now yeah. what has happened is, He's going through his own version of hard times right now because mm-hmm. he's got to go through Brock. And Brock is like the ultimate. It's not like quite, you know, if Roman's Bowser in the Mario movie, um, <laughs> you know, maybe Brock is, you know, Bowser, not Bowser's kid, but like an equivalent character. Maybe it's Ganon from Zelda if you want to use the video game analogy. Um, I love but, your callback to hard times, by the way. That was excellent. I didn't, I yeah. Didn't miss that. And, and part of the part of the dusty story is getting the WWF title. So Cody's got to beat Roman to finish that story. And so how do you how do you have Cody overcome obstacles? Well, he overcomes Brock and maybe he wins money in the bank. Yeah. But if he wins money in the bank, Kevin, he's got to tell us when that title match is going to happen. And if I were just spitballing, Madison Square Garden, Friday night SmackDown. Uh, July 7th, you have Cody win the championship in Madison Square Garden where mm-hmm. Dusty held up the old WWWF championship um, in a losing effort to superstar Billy Graham. I think he won to that. To superstar who we talked about. Isn't that interesting? Yep. We're talking about superstar. and Hey, Kevin, I'm a pro. I can tie everything together. <laughs> <laughs> you are good, sir. You are good. That That's a really interesting thought uh, to win it at MSG. Uh, but is it still too soon for Cody? Did, does he go through enough hard times by then and does if they're going to kayfabe even have a broken arm involved can he even wrestle by then at full strength uh, i i agree with you it would have been too clean of a path you can't bring a guy back after all that time off have him be number 30 and then just win the title over a guy who hasn't lost in so long and uh, so it, it was actually a pretty good call i think to not have him win that uh, but it's a risk, you know. I mean, Cody mm-hmm. got hurt once. If your story is that long term, still have Cody finish the story, he can get hurt again, and yep. may never get there. You know, let's hope he does. You know, we certainly don't hope that on anybody. But I mean, hey, look what happened to Finn Balor. He won that yeah, Universal Championship, got injured right away in that match, and he hasn't touched it again. I know. So it's, it's really a, a risk. Dude. 
Finn is such a good dude, and he was white hot at the time. Like, oh yeah, they he had a win over Roman Reigns clean, which those things were hard to come by at the time. And the match with Seth with Seth Rollins was good, and they had a whole story lined up with Kevin Owens that turned into Kevin Owens winning the Universal Title, and we got mm-hmm. him and Chris Jericho in the Festival of Fen- Friendship, which was Love at that. the time the best stuff going. Yeah, and that that's just that's that's kind of a missing that's a missing. That was just it was so good, but I, I I absolutely love I love Finn Balor. I I hated when the Demon King lost at Mania and I just yep. that's just it's a personal it's a really personal thing for me. But like we we're talking about the championship and they created this new world championship because Roman doesn't want to defend the belt, which good for Roman. Roman got the contract where he only have to work has to work a handful of times yep. a year. But now we've got Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles on Saturday for this new world championship. And we're not sure if it's going to have the heritage, the lineage of the big gold belt that they reintroduced in 02. Um, so like Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, I think Seth Rollins is the hottest wrestler go- going right now. I think his stuff is tremendous. And AJ yep. Styles is ever the consummate professional. Kevin, what do you think about both guys? Who do you see winning? Love them both. I love the uh, the video packages they've done for both of them. That one they showed where AJ beats, beats Seth years ago when he was 19 and he pointed to him and said, this is the future of, of our sport. And he was dead on about that. Just two of the best ever in ring performers. I, I think we can all agree upon that, yeah. but they also are good on the mic and they're not selfish performers. I mean, certainly Seth Rollins. I mean, he's gone a long time without having a championship in his hands and he's, but has done great work even without a championship. And I, but but I really think as over as he is, as hot as he is right now, there's only two ways that this can go, obviously, the win or the loss. But the win seems like a, a would be a really popular decision. But a loss sets up a chase and some amazing matches against AJ Styles. So I could, I could actually see it going that way as well, just because um, I, I think Seth definitely is going to get it at some point. That's my opinion. It's just an opportunity that the WWE can't like get past. He's just so huge right now. Uh, but how he gets it, either at this – is it Night of Champions or Afternoon? Night of Champions, even though it's a 1 p.m. Eastern start time on Saturday. <laughs> so it's Afternoon of Champions for us. Yes. Uh, so he, I could see him losing only so that he'd have to chase and perhaps win it at SummerSlam at a, at a, a bigger uh, event here in the in, in our time zone. So there are two there are two kind of closing pieces here because the Celtics game is about to tip off and I yeah. promised that we'd get off before the Celtics game so we'll close with this. I talked too much. Enough, no, 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 no. This is this is thirty minutes of good qual, qual, quality content, Kevin, and I'm happy that uh, we get to do something on the record because we've BSed about wrestling enough times um, in crossover and now we've connected and you know yes. thank you to uh, Fox Boston for letting you uh, jump on. Um, but with Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins. Um, is openly like mocking Roman Reigns, which I think is great stuff because (laughs) Seth Rollins has this mindset of like, okay, I'm going to get this championship. I'm going to make this championship bigger. So that's not viewed at as the second or third title. Because realistically, Roman has the Raw belt and the SmackDown belt. And they've created this other one because Roman doesn't want to work. Roman doesn't want to lose, whatever the case may be. But Seth is going to try to elevate and make that world championship mean more. The problem is Seth might be going to do a movie. Captain he might Eric. be uh, the the Marvel New World Order movie. I think it is. 
So now you've got AJ Styles, who will be a great champion. He he had a great run as the face who runs the place on SmackDown. Yeah. But AJ Styles did an interview in the New York Post, and he said it's kind of the third belt. Oh, AJ. Oof. So my concern is is that WWE is going to look at that and be like, you know what, AJ, we were going to run with you, but now we're going with Seth, and we'll just have Seth drop it you know, short term to somebody who doesn't want to say it's the third championship mm. on the brand. Oh, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I hope they can get past that. But Unless I misread a quote, he was misquoted. I read a bad headline, but yeah, AJ, you just kicked yourself. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I, ho- I hope they, do- they can get past it or they talk to him and, and got it all ironed out if that indeed happened because he's just, he's just too good to let something like that um, you know, define him or judge what he's going to be doing going forward. WWE's weird with all this stuff. So. Oh, they are. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Loman, ah, Kevin Lemanowitz is the yes, chief sir. meteorologist at Fox Boston. Any closing thoughts, wrestling or otherwise? I, Jim, I just, I'm really happy you had me on. I can talk wrestling forever, <laughs> especially when we talk about the old timers, uh, the, the new, the new stuff and the writing, I, I I can't even keep up with you on on your ideas. <laughs> I listen to your podcast religiously, and you have great ideas and great thoughts. And it's always something that I didn't think of, just like some of the things you've said tonight. But if you want to ever talk about the old timers and San Martino and Superstar and those Dusty Rhodes matches and Backlund and those days, that that's where I can really add add my thoughts in because that's what I grew up on. And it's really led me to be a lifelong wrestling fan. My my sons didn't really catch on. They they tolerated it with me and went to the events like the one that we were both at. Uh, but you know, I think they just did it for dad. Uh, so they <laughs> didn't really catch on with them. But here I am, fifty three years old and still enjoying it every week. God love you, Kevin. Have you have, do you listen to the Conrad Thompson podcast? Like something to wrestle and all that? Absolutely, I've been listening good. to it every good, day good. in the car. So I, yeah, I good. love it. Listening I'm to glad Bruce to hear that. tell I'm those huge. stories. Oh, it's yeah. incredible. Bruce is, uh, I don't know if you've ever met Bruce. Bruce is a great Never. guy, as is Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff. Um, Jeff Jarrett, I got to flip off in Chicago, but he's a great dude. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle, all that, the whole Conrad. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett is like sneaky, like on-screen hateable, but like really like good and like nice and professional and everything like that. So mm-hmm. like boo Jeff Jarrett because that's what he wants you to do, but he's actually, you know, decent, decent enough person. But, you know, Bruce is Bruce. Bruce is good, good, good egg. Bruce is a really I, I find egg. there's a high ratio of really good guys in this business that you yeah. wouldn't expect watching. Like even you would mention Austin Theory before. I got to interview him last He's year. He's great kid. The studio. And oh wait, I'm know, supposed to hate him. Sorry, Kevin. Right, He's a bad right. guy. He's a terrible that that character. Really and he was kid. he that such hateable, pompous yeah. character. But then when he slipped out of the character and just talked to you, what a guy. Yeah, just terrific. Yeah. He's 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 really got it together. I saw him, uh, you know, um, we did a podcast. It was me and Sarge um, and Austin Theory, and we went back and forth. Um, but like, I've gotten to um, interact with him probably like four or five times now, and just like a good like, he projects well, and he's got the he's got the right mindset for all this stuff. So like, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's happening to him, like he gets a big win over John Cena at WrestleMania, which they should be playing up more, but they haven't been for whatever reason. Like he's got to, he's got to grow into it, but I think he's going to be okay because he's got the right, like off camera mindset with all of it. Mm -hmm. So 
we'll close with that because we want to go watch the Celtics game. And yeah, you, you get on it. Yeah, uh, Kevin Lomit. Kevin Lamanowitz, I screwed it up twice. Like, do you know how long I, I practiced saying your name and meteorologist like all day just so I wouldn't butcher and I butchered it twice? But um, you can catch uh, Kevin Lamanowitz, the chief meteorologist at Boston Fox, every Friday night and every or just about you work seven days, right, Kevin? Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. <laughs> Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. Practically, yeah. Practically, but all of his weather hits are live on Friday night during SmackDown. So, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me here on Stick to Wrestling. Really appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot, man.